Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I think I see one. <laughs> You're a brave soul. Um, let's pray and we'll get started. Oh, uh, Father God, thank you um, so much just for the opportunity to come to um, just a great church that um, gives us the opportunity to to meet together and just be encouraged as um, moms with young kids. We pray that you would just speak through Millie today. Um, Lord, help us just to hear what it is that you want us to hear. Um, It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Um, I'm so glad that y'all are here. I love the full room. It just really, I don't know, blesses my soul. Um, Anyway, so glad you're here. I know there's some new faces. I've already had the privilege of meeting one. And so thanks for coming. Um, The Nest is just a ministry to... To mom, for moms with young kids, parents with young kids, dads are always welcome, but the time doesn't necessarily afford them the opportunity to come always. Um, but we're here to nurture, encourage, strengthen, and train you so you can go home and do the same for your families. Um, so we are so glad that you're here. A um, couple announcements for you you won't want to miss. See, did that work? Did that work? Yes. Okay, a couple announcements you won't want to miss. Our next event is March Six. The registration is open at the end of this event for the next event. Um, I'm super pumped to have y'all here from Jill Moore, Morgan Buchek, and Suzanne Sanderson are all going to work together to talk to us about trusting in Christ in the midst of worry, anxiety, and depression. Um, I have had the privilege of being friends with these three ladies and walking them, watching them walk through just their different versions of anxiety and and worry and, and some depression, and it was just a privilege to see how they walk through that and, um, and frankly, sought the Lord through that process. And so we would love, we're excited that y'all will now get to hear just kind of the outcome of that. So please come, invite your friends. As always, child care is open. Um, kids ministry is open at the end of this event for the next event. Um, that is there for you, you all. Like, we have 225 kids spots um, available. That's what we fill. And so you always hear us at, say, like, if you have alternative care, grandparents, um, aunts, uncles, cousins, sisters, anybody that could watch your kid, and it's an easy ask, we just ask that you do that because there's folks that don't. However, like, don't, like, don't not come because you want to give a spot to somebody else. Like, if, if this is your form of kids care, come, sign up. It's there for you. We have 225 spots. We just ask that if you happen to have an easy ask, to do that for us. That would be great. Um, on that note, okay, there's, there's actually five spots down there available right now because there's some no-shows. So if you have a kid with you and you would like them to go downstairs, here's your opportunity. Um, so go on down. Um, let's see here. What else do we have? Oh, Nest at Noon starts back up. It's Tuesday. So today's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, nest at noon. Meet here um, by the tree fort. You can bring your children if they're with you. If they happen to be at preschool or somewhere else, you can come and have an adult conversation without them. Um, Or bring them and let them run around. Um, Our mentor moms are going to be there just to be there for y'all. If you want to ask them questions or pick their brains, like they're here every Tuesday after event waiting to talk to you. So come. Um, and then lastly, if you're new or if you're unsure, like you're like, when does the nest happen? It happens the first Friday of every month. And on your table is this little cute postcard and on the back has all of our dates. So if you're new or you're unaware of our actual dates, take this, you can write them down or take a couple and hand them to friends. We would love for you to do that. 
Um, okay, at this point, I'm going to let their table leaders take it away. You have a note. If you don't have a note sheet, picked up Millie's note sheet, um, kind of raise your hand in the air, and we're going to have people walking around to give you some. And um, table leaders, kind of take it from here. Okay, and I forgot a really important announcement. We are going to do text-in questions for the event at the end. So throughout the event, the number's on the screen. If you have a question to ask Millie, um, text it in, and then at the end, we're going to do our best to answer all of those. So write this number down. Okay, go. (laughs) Good morning, ladies. Good morning, ladies. Um, Y'all are in for a real treat this morning. If you have never heard Millie Hale speak... You are about to be super blessed. Um, Millie is my sweet sister in Christ, and she loves the Lord, and she is just full of words of wisdom and encouragement. And I hope all of you would just take it in this morning and just sit back and just listen to what she has to share with you this morning. Millie's been married to Blaine for 24 years, be 25 in November, and they have a daughter, Sally, who is a senior at A&M. Everybody can whoop. And then uh, a son, Blaine, who is a senior at Lake Highlands. He's going to OU next year. So boomer sooner if you're a boomer sooner. And then Grace, who's a freshman at Lake Highlands. And Millie is just a faithful servant. She serves here in the nest and on uh, Wednesday morning at Bible study. And she is going to talk to you about abiding in Christ. I am. Okay. My, can y'all hear me? Yay. Okay. I was going to put this chair right here because I tell you, when they asked me to speak on this, I told Allison, call Jill Moore. She abides so much. And I was like, I don't think I can speak on that. I don't think I'm prepared to speak on that. And that's exactly where the Lord wanted me, was just in a position that I needed to dig deep. And so I have been so blessed. So I feel like, you know, do you ever sit in church and think, Y'all can just leave. This is all about me. You know, when, when Todd starts talking or something and you're like, this is all about me. He's speaking directly to me. Well, I felt like this message was all about me. So just for me. So I hope it blesses you as much as it's blessed me just studying and diving in on it. Um, I had you fill out some things about abiding and just kind of about relationships. Because I think when you start talking about, not necessarily that our relationship with Christ is like any other relationship that we have here on earth, but I think it's good to start kind of diving in on what makes relationships effective and what doesn't. And so I think that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. This is my sweet family. Um, I almost put AKA the prune family right now because my son is a senior and he's kind of trying to flap his wings a little bit. And so it's kind of one of those things that we are constantly being pruned at our house right now, but he's a great fellow, but Blaine will be going to OU next year to play golf. And so he is going to be, he did uh, end up, that's where he landed for his golf and for his education. So that was kind of a, we all had a lot of orange and black for OSU, but hey, I don't, I'm not a, quite into that crimson yet, but I'll get there. Nike is kind of warning me about getting there with the OU stuff. But that was on signing day that we took that picture. Sally came in from A&M. Um, and there are Jessica's sweet cookies. If you don't know Jessica that is responsible for all the hospitality, she made those OU golf cookies for me. So we had those on signing day. Um, then, I, you know, I had to really look up and see what exactly does abide say? What does God tell us when it says in, in John 15 about abiding? And so if you look up there, it says abide is to remain, to continue, to stay, to have one's abode, to dwell, to reside. 
uh, to continue. And so I think those are great, are, are great words to think about when you think about the word abide. Um, the first, the verse you always want to go to or the chapter in the Bible that you want to go to is in John 15, one through eight. I think it's real important to read this and I'm just going to kind of read it through because I think it really sets the tone for what we're studying. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So this kind of lets us know right off the bat that even things in our life that we think are going really, really good are opportunities to prune and make them more fruitful. Um, Okay, is that me from moving? It's kind of making that noise, is it? So don't move. (laughs) No. Oh, you probably have to put it on the neck part. Okay. Okay. That'd be great. Thank you. A little technical difficulties. But anyway, so he talks about the pruning process and just that even if things are going great, there's, there's opportunity for us to be pruned. Um, it says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain or abide in me as I also remain and abide in you. I think in every, you know, I'm studying a lot with my freshmen right now. And in every good math problem, there's a constant and there's a variable. And so you can imagine God is the constant. He doesn't say, if you remain in me and if I remain in you, he says, you know, you remain in me and I will also remain in you. He is the constant there. And it says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Okay, what I love about the Lord and the more you study scripture is God is very repetitious. You know, when your child asks you over and over and over again, guys, God is saying to us, he's very repetitious. He says several times in this first paragraph, he gives us our, you know, marching orders, our, our, I guess, He tells us what we need to do, our instructions. But then if you notice the very next verse, he's repetitious. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so when you think about that, you know, I love that commercial that kind of says Zippo, nada, nothing, diddly squat. I mean, nothing. And that for me was really an eye opener. When you really think about that, apart from me, you can do nothing. So, like I said, I've been studying with my 14-year-old a lot, and it dawned on me because she went to a school called Highlander, and the the director of that school in elementary school teaches three different ways. She teaches tactily, uh, auditory, and then visually. And so she teaches every single thing three ways because we all learn differently. And I love that about the Lord. He's teaching differently too. He teaches us, he auditorily tells us, if you remain in me, I remain in you, you will bear a lot of fruit. But then he also goes on to word pictures. The other day we've been studying these English words and every week Gracie gets a 50 or 60 on the test and she's so weary. And so I sat down one day and just made all these little cards that said like, that's pensive and monarchy and amass. And, and so she did great on this last test. And I love that God gives us such a good visual, like down on the lower right, all those branches that was just off of somebody's Facebook. And she said, I think we're going to have a massive bonfire if I can talk the neighbors into it. Cause she had all these dead branches, but God says, if you do, do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. 
And then he goes on to say, again, repetitiously, another reinforcement. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, he's left us, left, left us his word that we can embed it in our heart and we can have it forever. If you do that with my words, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. For this, girls, and underline this, this is to my Father's glory that you may bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. You know, our fruit points people to Christ. And you know, I don't know about y'all, but I'd rather watch a sermon any day than hear one. And so all around us, we're seeing people that are, are pointing us to Christ just by the way they love their children, by the way they honor their spouses, by the way they, you know, reach out and serve others. And so all that, that's fruit when you look at it on how God works in our hearts. Um, I love when it is our dependence in Christ is a direct reflection of how much we trust him in all the details of our life and then how much we need him. And that's kind of what I wanted y'all to think about was how much you need him. Okay, so the next thing is about connection. About a year and, well, the three things I think are connection, communication, and continuance. About a year and a half ago, I started juicing. And let me just tell you, when I told people at work I've been there 29 years, they said, I go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how much more energy I have. And the lady at the front desk said, more energy, you have more energy. I'm like, yeah, I do. But... When you, that was my juicing, that's how much I juice. And I mean, it comes out like that and it's just phenomenal. But when you think about getting, you know, our fruit will resemble the vine from which it's connected. And so I get it. I mean, that is just organic, fresh fruits and vegetables. And that's straight from the vine. And the vine supplies nutrients, energy, water, and frankly, guys, abundant life. So I just say, we've got to have that kind of connection with Christ. We have the plug and he has the power. This is one relationship, unlike any other, that there's no reciprocal. I mean, if you don't plug in the plug, you're not going to get the power. And so you really hold the plug onto whether that connection with the Lord. I mean, there's nothing like, have you ever driven down the street? I mean, I know in my neighborhood in Lake Highlands, if I'm talking on the cell phone, sometimes I'll take a left or a right because I know I'm going to get to a spot where there's a bad connection. And, and it'll go in and out, and then it'll ultimately hang up on that person. You know, my phone will disconnect from them. So, I mean, we understand when we have a bad connection with somebody. So our connection with Christ has got to be life-giving. We hold the cards on that. Okay, so I was going to tell you. So then on communication, it's about prayer, and it's about crying out. My dad just turned 80, and I will tell you, I know in this room that I think y'all would agree with me. When your family doesn't know the Lord, it, you know, I often say, you know, having a relationship with the Lord and understanding Christ and and just the blessing, it's like eating chocolate. If I was up here and I'm the only one that had eaten chocolate, ladies, I would be going back to my bag and saying, hey, have y'all had this stuff? It is amazing. Well, that's what good news is. And that's what truth is. We should be wanting to give that away. And I have wanted to give that to my mom and dad for years. My dad's brother died at 42 of a heart attack. My dad had his first heart attack at 52. And so I've always had this burden laid on my heart about my dad that he wasn't going to know the Lord. And I just prayed. I remember about 13 years ago, Sally was in second grade 
And my dad was going in to have a melanoma removed. Now, he had his first heart attack at 52, and this, you know, was quite a bit later. So anytime they were going to put my dad under, I freaked out because his heart, and he just wasn't going to make it through. I mean, I just didn't have any trust. I just, and I didn't feel like I'd gotten to share the gospel with him. So I was trying to, you know, recenter myself. My dad was, you know, at the doctor already having the surgery that we're going to put him under. Um, and I was call, I called Donna at work and I said, and she said, you know what? I need some help from you. Can you call your patients for tomorrow? And I said, sure. And so she gave me the list and the phone numbers. And one of my patients was this fabulous, she's my age, but she just loves the Lord. And so I just called her and I said, Donna, I said, her name was Donna too. And I said, I just need prayer. My dad's going undergoing surgery this morning and I'm freaked out. And she goes, go get your Bible, go to Mark eleven twenty four. whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is truth and it will be yours. And I remember sitting there at my kitchen table, just praying through that and Lord, just save my dad and spare his life and allow me to be able to share the gospel with him. So my dad made it through and I ended up going to Lufkin. But anyways, I got it from the table and I thought, okay, I've got to get busy and do some things. And I went over and Sally had taken all this stuff out of her, her uh, backpack and just laid it on the kitchen cabinet. And her teacher taught them biblical traits. Once a month, they had a biblical trait. And this day, it happened to be a neon green piece of paper and it said alertness, giving the right responses to that which is taking place around you. Keep watching and praying out of Matthew 26, 41. And it was like the Lord just said to me, quit trying to be Steven Spielberg. This is my story. This is not yours. Just trust me. Just pray for your dad and watch. Be watching. So my dad made it through a couple month or two later. I went down to Lufkin. I was with my dad and it just felt right. I shared the gospel with him. And he looked at me and said, Millie, I don't need to, I mean, I am not afraid to stand before the Lord. I've been a good man. And my dad has been a good man. And I looked back at him and said, Dad, but I mean, he sent his son to die on the cross for you. That's so in vain if it's all about you. And so we had this conversation. So I left not feeling great about it, but I did my best. And so I'm at, I go to Weir's to get some seasonal stuff. And I'm sitting there on the cabinet, on the cabinet there is this booklet by Max Licato. And that, of course, they've got a price check in front of me on the lady in front of me. So I picked the booklet up and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is the gospel. It's so eloquent. It's so fabulous. I just need to get this and send it to my dad and say, dad, you know, all those jumbled words that I told you the other day, well, here it is so concise and so eloquent. So I put it in the little pile, my pile of goodies and the lady starts ringing it up. And it's like the Lord said, Spielberg, there you go again, orchestrating. That is not for you to get. And I go, um, can you take that booklet off? I don't need to get the booklet. So I put it back and it's, you know, I think of that verse all the time, whether you look to the left or the right, you will hear a voice saying, this is the way walk in it. I put the book up. So about a month later, I get a phone call from a girl. I don't, haven't talked to in months. She lives in Frisco. And she said, Millie, I went out to my mailbox today to get my mail and my mail wasn't in there, but there was this booklet in there. And she said, and I thought of your dad. I go, really? I go, I'm not thinking a thing about it. And I said, really? And she goes, yeah. And so she sent it to me. She said, I'm put it in the mail. So two days later, I'm walking out to the mailbox. Guys, it was the same booklet. And I looked at that booklet and I thought, oh my gosh. I, you know, it was just like the Lord saying, I'm orchestrating here. I'm busy. Your job is to keep watching and praying. So I sent that book to my dad with kind of a little explanation. He never acknowledged that he got it. And five years later, 
I was talking to him on the phone. He said, some pastor from San Antonio is trying to buy some land from me. I said, who? He goes, I don't know. Let me call you back. When I find out, he calls me back. It was Max Licato. And so I said, dad, you remember that booklet I sent you a couple years ago? I said, that was Max Licato. And my dad never said, oh, I got that booklet. Thank you. I meant to tell you, thank you. Or I didn't get the booklet. There's never been anything else said. But I can tell you for that one story, and I wanted to take the time to tell you ladies, for that one story, I've got 15 more that I could share with you through my mom's cancer and my dad's cancer. So I can just tell you right now, where I ask you all to put in that blank, God is, God is faithful. And so I want y'all to be, it's not just about prayer. It's about communication. It's about being still. It's about listening to. He wants every one of us to bear fruit. But you know what? When we're out there like a tornado going through and trying to orchestrate everything, we're not going to get the fruit. Do you think that was fruit? If I had told y'all, oh, I bought the Mexicato book and I sent it to him and then that went on, it wouldn't be as, as powerful if it wasn't for the Lord. And so listen for his communication to you. He communicates, speaks to us through his word, through our thoughts, our prayers and meditations, our conversations with others and our circumstances. And then this is the part, the next one on continuance. This is where I really had a little bit of trouble because... I thought to myself, continuance, I was going to put consistency because I thought, oh, you know, when your basket gets empty, you run back to the Lord and get it refilled. Uh Uh-uh, that's not what the Lord, that's not what he, that's not an abiding relationship. An abiding relationship is all the time, every second. I mean, you involve him in everything. Remember, apart from him, we can do nothing, nothing. And so I would just continue. It's not the hokey pokey. I mean, one of the girls in my Bible study is like, well, I feel like I do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like doing, I'm with him and then I don't need him and then I need him and then I, it's the hokey pokey. And so blessed is the man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates on this day and night. I mean, there is scripture after scripture that talks about the time factor and what it looks like to really abide and walk with Christ. It's that continual flow, that continual flow. Um, Consistency says we carve out time for the Lord, and that's not what it is. Time is a precious gift, and you ladies are going to realize that right now you feel like your time is just all about kids and all about, but guys... Be careful how every minute and second is wrapped up. And once you unwrap it, you can never have it back. So just make sure that your time is invested in eternal things as much as you can. And believe me, diapering and loving and caring for is is an eternal thing. Because that's a little heart in there that you want a shepherd to love the Lord. So don't think that those things are just uh, mindless things. They're not. If you are intentional about it, you get the blessing from that. God says with our time in Colossians 4, 5, conduct ourselves wisely, making the most out of every opportunity and every of our time, really. So I think one priority, and this is what I would love for y'all to star, is seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you will seek ye first, I mean, I don't care what else you think about. If you will make that number one standard for yourself to seek ye first the kingdom, then you will receive the blessing. 
Okay, so I love this sign. It says, I was addicted to the hokey pokey, but I turned myself around. So if we can turn ourselves around, I don't think we can turn ourselves around, but hey, we can certainly think about that. Okay, I would just like for some people to shout out to me, what are y'all's biggest hindrance right now from a truly abiding with the Lord? What are y'all? What? Tired. Tired. Good. What else? I heard a mumble over here. Oh, laundry. Oh, bring it to my house. I love to do laundry. I like to iron, though. That's my prayer time. (laughs) Everything in my house is ironed. Um, (laughs) Yay. What else? Do we have other things? Endless to-do list. Okay. Okay, well, I mean, those are all good things. I mean, it kind of ropes around time. You're doing a lot of things, so you get tired. Um, My biggest hindrance is me. That was a selfie I took of my, I was so proud of myself on New Year's Eve, my daughter had gone to Austin and it was nine o'clock and I was telling her happy New Year's and that was me. And she goes, mom, are you kidding me? You took it. I was like, yeah, it was so, and I had my glasses on. I was getting ready to go to bed, nine o'clock. Um, and the New Year still rang in without me. So it was good. But my biggest hindrance to me is me. It was funny when I had Sally, I was very pregnant And I went to go eat at Bubba's because isn't that legal when you're really pregnant and eating for two? Yeah, Bubba's, that's like my favorite. And so my husband was with me and he said, you know, I was talking to somebody at work today and uh, they really said that if you don't have an epidural, that you will heal a lot faster. And I looked at him like, are you kidding me? I said, well, when we get home, you do me a favor, go look in my labor bag. And if there's a cape in there with an S on it, then... Otherwise, when we get to the hospital, the first person you look for is the anesthesiologist. I had the anesthesiologist. In fact, I only have a picture with the anesthesiologist because he was so important to me. But I mean, healthy baby, healthy mom. So my biggest hindrance is me. And when I started thinking about this uh, topic, I just stumbled onto this chart and I thought it was so phenomenal because I am my biggest hindrance. Um, And I love the way it says, superwoman, she is one that does. The abiding woman is, is, just is. And they have the verse with that um, in, uh, be still and know that I'm God, Psalm 4610. I actually took this picture and I've used it a lot at my, uh, my husband's aunt's house. And I just noticed it sitting on the wall and I'm a very visual learner. So I just looked at that and thought, you know, that's us in Christ. We're on the nail and we're not, he's not going to let us drop. It's our job just to be still and rest in that. When our lives are chaotic and I mean, be, be just know that he is going to, um, to hold us there and steady us there, and he's not going to let us drop. Okay, so the superwoman, she tries to impress others. And I would just encourage y'all, audience of one, you just need to really think because we've, you've got to know what pleases the Lord. Um, in Ephesians, I mean, one of the verses that they have, um, and I don't actually know that verse by heart, but it says, I do know a little bit of it. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. So we've got to do, I mean, you've got to figure out what pleases him. Try to impress others. I mean, that's, you know, 
I think that's just kind of a problem that we just, we don't want to look bad in front of other people. We want to make sure they're impressed with us. Um, is controlled by an agenda or is controlled by the Holy Spirit? Okay, guys, the agenda thing, which is on, on your left, um, I notice, I mean, it is so crazy how our schedules can just get so overcommitted. And that just breeds chaos. And I would just encourage you, be selective. When you talk about that time, be selective on how you're spending those units of time. And don't overcommit yourself. Be thrifty because time is precious. And, you know, like I said, you can only unwrap those seconds once. And once they're unwrapped, you can't get them back. I mean, who doesn't want to just have the Holy Spirit in your heart? I mean, if you're a believer, then you've got the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I mean, you've got all that wrapped up and in your heart. And so we just need to live like that. And I can tell you, if you're trying to impress others... Um, then if your number two is out, is, is kind of on your deal, is, is a problem, the number three will really be a problem. It can really get out of whack because if you try to impress others and you let them control your agenda, I mean, I used to have a really good friend. I mean, she's still a good friend, but she would, I told her one day, Kathy quit wearing deodorant. And she was like, why? And I said, because you're over committing yourself. And I said, we were going to a meeting and it was like, she would raise her hand for every single thing. And then she would bellyache about it. And I would go that your home is not being you know, the, the fruit of the spirit, because she was so stressed out by her agenda and her calendar. So I would just advise y'all. I mean, that's one thing. Weed out the things, just only commit to the things that really bring, you know, fruit, bear fruit and just glorify the Lord. And sometimes, I mean, if just being a mother is all you can commit to, then just keep it simple like that. I mean, I think that's very important just to admit that to yourself. Okay. Her self-worth is found in her accomplishments. Okay. I like this. It says, don't shine so others can see you shine so that through you, others can see him. I just think that's a good way to be. Um, her self-worth is found in an accurate view of who she is in Jesus Christ. I love that verse in Psalm 139, 14, and I use this slide a lot in my discipline class. I mean, if that's what you want to be is standing up there with the plaque or the, I mean, I'm telling you guys, one thing I notice about young moms and women, old moms, women in general is we don't understand the love of Christ. And that's worthy of spending time just diving in and figuring that out. Because if you look at Psalm 139, 14, it says, I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And I think how we can say that verse from, from our heart, it should come from confidence because full well is from here to here. We don't need the approval of anybody else. We are who we are in Christ. We are his masterpiece. I mean, we've got to just embrace that. Romans 8, 38, 39 says, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Not 10 pounds, not, you know, I'm nothing. There's nothing you can put in that blank that can separate you from the love of Christ. And truth, guys, we've got to believe it. We've got to let it permeate our hearts and be an overflow. Okay, God calls us to work from his love and acceptance, not to it. He calls us to work from it. So we have to know it in our hearts in order to work instead of working to it. We're not working so he'll love us. We're working because he loves us. That's why we do the things we do. 
Okay, so if you're her, okay, her peace is found in the perfect environment. Her peace is found in Jesus in the midst of any storm. Ladies, this season is a big storm. There's sick kids. And I mean, I had one that I sent off to school today that wasn't feeling that great. And so, you know, you just got to get in the eye. You've got to get to that safe place, that calm space where you can just say, Lord, help me. My heart is cloudy. I'm feeling, you know, overwhelmed at this time. And just recognize that. But the Lord is there. Um, She is discouraged by failure or failure reminds her that God's strength is, is made perfect in weakness. Every weakness you have is an opportunity for God to show his strength in your life. And then it's my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I love when JP said, if dependence is the goal, then weakness is the advantage. We are best when we're weak. And if we can recognize that and lean into, plug into his power, it's amazing what you can get done and amazing what, what goes on. Okay. There is no way to be a perfect parent. She expects perfection from herself and others. She practices grace with herself and others. I hate to say this, but the pictures on the right are few and far between. The pictures on the left are much more at our house, if you walk around our house. Children don't need perfect parents. They need authentic parents. Um, And there's no way to be a perfect parent, but there are a million ways to be a good parent. We are only the best parent when we're leaning into Christ, and that's when we're authentic. And that's when, you know, I I was, the other day, Gracie had something to take back to free people. I'm not advocating buying anything from free people because we went in, she had the sack from Christmas, she had, I assume she had the receipt, and so we get up to the, the desk and the lady says, do you have your receipt? And, I, and Grace, I said, do you have the receipt? And she goes, because my husband does all the shopping. I don't ever need anything till I go to North Park, so I just don't go to North Park because then I don't need anything. So well, I would happen to be at North Park, and I was not real happy to be there. But so Gracie says, I don't think we have the receipt. And so the lady says, oh, I'm sorry, you can't bring it back then. I was like, okay, is that your bag? And she said, oh, yeah, that's our bag. She goes, we just don't know if you bought it here. I said, okay, the tag is a tag. Is that your tag? Yeah, but we just, our policy is we just can't take anything back without a receipt. Okay, we just want to exchange it. No, I'm sorry. That's our policy. So Gracie looks at me and she goes, mom, let's just go because your heart is cloudy, really cloudy. And I was like, okay, so you're telling me that the bag is there and the tag is on there, but we cannot bring it back. No, you cannot bring it back. Sorry. So Grace was like, mom, dad will bring me back. Your heart is way cloudy. (laughs) So we kind of left. And so Grace goes, mom, your heart was so cloudy. And I was like, I turned around, went back to the lady and I said, will you forgive me? My daughter is pointing out that my heart is cloudy and it is cloudy. So would you forgive me? Because, But I mean, I love that she could say that to me. She goes, mom, I haven't seen your heart that way since you tried to take something back from last Christmas at Origins. I said, and yes, and I apologize to that lady too. So you, because she caught me. So I just need to encourage y'all that, hey, we're not going to be perfect parents. We're not going to whistle in and whistle out. It's not always that way, but I did make it right. I don't think Gracie will be going back with me to the mall. But 
anyway, so that kind of, that got that away. Um, okay, so the goal with our, our parenting, she teaches her kids to be good. You know, it is so great when you take your kids somewhere and they act so perfect and everybody's like, oh my gosh, what is your secret? You are the best mom. What is your secret? Guys, the goal is not robotical kids. We don't want our kids to walk into a room and say, yes, ma'am, no, sir, yes, ma'am. We want heart change. So there's going to be times where your kids act like complete buffoons. I've told you that story when I went to Target shopping for a bathing suit, and I told my kids we were going to meet some friends for lunch. They acted like complete buffoons. Never said a word to him. I, I was already hacked off from trying on the bathing suit. So I was like, get in the car. No. I said, so we get in the car. I picked up the phone. I called our friend. I said, Patty, go take Bradley to the best lunch ever. My kids have chosen to go home and have a peanut butter and jelly. Grace, you see what you did? They were kind of bickering. I didn't, I just thought, you know what? I just let them act like buffoons. I mean, you know, anybody that stares at you, they know, I mean, they've been there. Trust me, if they have kids. And if they didn't, then they should. Should loan them yours. Um, But the goal is not perfect kids. We want kids to grow up and pursue Christ passionately and, and, you know, for eternal life. So that's our goal. Okay, because let me tell you, I always tell young moms, when you're in a bad spot, pray for fruit. Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. You know, I reaped a harvest in that story with my dad. That was maybe eight years later it took for me to reap that harvest. But it's been a harvest, and I've continued to watch the Lord work in my dad's life. Do I know my dad has a saving faith with Jesus Christ right now? No. But have I seen God work, and do I see my dad's heart softening? Absolutely. So I would just encourage y'all, the fruit is worth it, and it is so sweet. Okay, this is probably the verse for you ladies. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Um, These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Memorize that verse if you can. I mean, it's just because this is it. This is when you walk along the road. This is everyday life. I love that picture of my son with the the bandana on. He was two. Well, actually, he was three there. And he was always two there, but he was very lively. The folly was all, you know, but it's a good thing. I mean, you know, and then for all you Aggie whoopers, that was when Sally got her ring. When we went to go to ring day, people said, you can't miss ring day. So if you went to A&M, so we went down there and Sally said, you know, all my friends, they cry when they get the ring. I am not going to cry. The minute my husband opened the box, she goes, oh my gosh. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I got to get this on. So that was her. She has been fairly excited about that ring, but I had to stick that in there. Um, But anyways, this is it. This is everyday life. Highlights, lowlights. I mean, this is what it is. That's just life with your kids. Take the time to enjoy it. Um, So let's see. So we've got, this is about the, uh, her person, well, I skipped a few, so I'll go back up. She is frustrated with her lack of spiritual fruit. She abides in Christ and bears much fruit. Guys, if you will just, all I'm asking you all to do is start focusing on abiding. 
Don't focus on the fruit. If you're looking back going, gosh, I'm just not getting any spiritual fruit, then you're looking this way. I want you to look up and I want you to understand that your fruit will take care of itself. If you're abiding well with Christ, you're going to bear fruit. You're just going to. That's his promise to us. Um, And then let's see. Uh, She chooses. So I'm just saying on this one, it was just really about take two steps back and look at the eternal perspective. If you can just re just get a different view and a different perspective on things, then you will be blessed. Eternal perspective is the best thing to have. And sometimes that takes like getting in the eye or getting back and just kind of looking, okay, Lord, I said on that communication, pray that the Lord will just take away the futile and the fleeting. And if you pray that, he'll show you things because God does not resource or empower our plans. He only resources and empowers his plans. And so we need to understand that. Okay, and then the last one on this is, are you the maiden form woman or are you dressed for significance? Every day, it says she chooses the most excellent way. Do you think about it when you get dressed in the morning, really clothing yourself with compassion and kindness? And, you know, we should really just say that verse in Colossians 3.12 and just clothe ourselves. And also, I think, do you have a yes face? One thing when I went to go pick up my kids, and some of your kids aren't even in school yet, but I always thought very, even when they were in the nursery at church, I always wanted to make sure that I had a yes face. And what I mean by that is I didn't need to tell my kids I loved them. When I walked up to get them, my face said it all. I was so happy to see them. And I can remember going to the uh, elementary school and getting my kids and Gracie coming out and me just doing this from the window and going down the hill and then her getting in the car. She knew that I couldn't wait to see her or wait to see Blaine or wait to see. And that's what our face needs to say. If we're always just a happy heart makes the face cheerful. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Guys, what are we feeling? If, you know, God says to hide these truths in your heart, Hide them in your heart. And so get them down deep in there so that you can have a happy face and and you can clothe yourself and have kindness and gentleness. Um, I just think if we can, you know, about perspective, if we can just all go back to um, just abiding with Christ and just really being grateful for the blessings, I guarantee if you just took at the end of the day an opportunity just to write down a couple of blessings that you saw in that day, and it might have been just the blessing of a dirty diaper. I mean, guys, if you've got a dirty diaper, that means you've got a child. You've got somebody to love and that will love you and that you can shepherd them toward Christ. Be grateful for that. It's just those simple little things that you don't think you're grateful for, but if you really think about it, you're grateful for it. And if you can just wrap your heart and your, and your, you know, you just recall that to yourself and it does end up getting down in your heart. Um, we, in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, it just says, we are called to a life set apart. We've got to be different. I mean, when you look back at those faces, that's the norm. Those faces are the norm. We've got to be different. We've got to be different. Um, you know, that sweet pumpkin, if anybody that knows Lucina Thompson, you know, my, my sister, she's kind of, she likes to really throw a party. And so when we had my dad's 50th, it was getting way out of hand financially. And so Lucina Thompson was like, 
I was thinking, what are we going to do for the direct decorations? My sister wants to get a caterer and blah, 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 and a, and a flower person and all this stuff. I mean, it was getting up there with a wedding, what a wedding cost. So Lucina said, come by my house. She provided like, I don't know, 12, 13 pumpkins like that that she had made and the burlap table toppers, every single thing. Talk about a provision in Christ. It was so great to be able to take those and they made the tables look so special. So it's amazing how God provides when you're in need of something. Um, Okay, so the next part is about what are the first steps that you need to do? What are the first things that you need to do to abide with Christ? And I would say take baby steps. If you just go one step today in the right direction, just one step, then it will be the right step. I mean, if you just take one step, figure out one thing that you can do to abide with Christ in a deeper way. This is just a picture. Those were actually Sally's feet when she was a little baby. And the sweetest thing is Sally is, um, and there's our happy birthday Jesus cake that we always made when she was little. I mean, we made them up until they were big. But um, recently I got a call from Sally. Sally's never had a boyfriend. And so she started talking to this guy that she met at Christian at, at uh, TBRM. And she's been on leadership three years. And I'll tell you, that's one sweet thing. Right now, you know, our son, being the senior, I kind of, kind of threw that out there. I was going to bring you his cell phone number and say, if y'all have any questions about anything, call this number. He knows everything. Um, but I, <laughs> I told Jill, I better not do that. Um, but anyways, so... It's so sweet, though, in the midst of, you know, preparing him and reminding myself how to love him unconditionally, Sally's been saying, hey, I'm talking to this guy from camp, and I go, well, what are the top five things you like about him? And every single thing she texted me was, well, he loves the Lord, he does, everything was about the Lord. So I texted back real quick, well, is he tall, and is he cute? And she was like, mom. So I said, well, I just wondered, I mean, and I was so moved by her heart just that those were the things that were important to her. And so, and this is him. So he came over Christmas and stayed with us like four days. And Sally's actually going to San Antonio to be with his parents, which I've already met his parents. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what are we going to talk about? Flowers or no, I'm kidding. I'll call Lucina again. Um, for, but I mean, they just, they he goes to Texas Tech and she's at A&M. So they just have this really neat relationship. And she and I've had just such a great conversation just about how, you know, you need to honor him. You need to respect him. She goes, mom, I've never seen any guy treat any girl like he treats me. He opens every door for me. He does. And I mean, it's just such a blessing. So I would say just get started. Just make those first baby steps. You know, you don't have to be godly to start, but you have to start to be godly. You have to make that first initial step. If you're going to do that, you've got to take that first baby step. And then I would say just, okay, it says, at the end of that, I put that Psalm 51, 10 through 12. I love this prayer. It's from the message, which is not really a translation that I always use, but I do. I am encouraged by it a lot. But just make this your prayer today. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me, but bring me back from the gray exile and put a fresh wind in my sails. I mean, y'all heard, you know, the tired, the laundry. I mean, there's just endless things that overwhelm us just with the, the time commitment of being a mother. But I just love that. Put a fresh wind in my sail when you get up. That would be great.
Okay, and so then I think keep your eyes on Jesus. Okay, so this was a picture that I took of Gracie when we went to the beach um, with my mom and dad years ago. And I was just, we were actually waiting. She had just kind of, you know, loved to get out in the surf. And so we had gone down there because she wanted me to take some pictures of her out in the water. But everybody had white dresses on and were taking Christmas card pictures. So we were just waiting patiently. And so she was just walking along and I noticed the sunset and I started taking these pictures. Well, when I get them back to Dallas, I was overwhelmed at the way when she was walking toward, you can tell there's a guy in the background, the same spot. When she was walking toward the light, toward the sun, her body image faded. But when she was walking toward me and toward darkness, it was overwhelming. So when you look at like Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, don't let the sin that so easily entangles me get me. I mean, if we would just keep our eyes on Jesus and try to abide more intentionally with him, we're going to, you know, my, my father-in-law always says that peace and joy are our samples of heaven here on earth. And I mean, I know that if I sat down with each one of you ladies today, you could tell me a time where you felt an overwhelming peace or an overwhelming joy. Joy is so different from happiness. And you could each share with me that little sample that you've had. You know, my kids used to say, Mom, where, what, what's for lunch? I said, Sam's. We used to go and get those little samples. And I thought, yeah, this is what heaven is, a little sample. sample. We're just, I said, we're just going to shop till we pop. And so we would just go there and get our little samples. But I mean, I'm just saying, you know, that's what we experience here. Because if you feel that, that joy, you just, you can't even, I mean, I can't even explain it to you. Or that peace that you feel that just passes all understanding. I mean, you understand what that is. So that, I just think that's, that picture to me has just meant so much because also Romans 12, 1 and 2, that talks about don't conform to the patterns of this world. Guys, it's so easy to do that. And that kind of leads me into the next thing. Keep your eyes on your own paper. That was so easy for me to say because I'm in community with Jill Moore and I can tell you she abides well with the Lord. But the Lord was saying, Sister, just because you don't do it exactly like Jill does, she would set her alarm to get up and spend time with the Lord. And I don't know, I've not really done that, I'll be honest, but my abiding with the Lord is just as as, uh, rich as hers is. Jill's one of those, though, she'll come to community and say, oh my gosh, listen to what the Lord's teaching me. And I'm so blessed by that. I'm a benefactor of that when she comes and says that. But there's times I'm in the Lord's word and I get something, a little, a little nugget or something that I can pass on to her. So guys, community is such a blessing, but don't be discouraged because you look at somebody and you think they're doing it better than you're doing it. You abide with the Lord and he will help you. He will direct every one of your steps. And so I just think it's the comparison and the envy. I think if you weren't here the day that Holly and Allison talked about that, go back and listen to that. It's really, it's a robber of, uh, of joy. It really is. It's a true robber of joy. So I just think that's very important to keep that. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay, keep life simple, okay? I think it's simplified. Keep life simple. Perfection is meant for heaven, not here on earth. And so we're just not going to have perfection. We can certainly try, but it's a lot of work, and it's just not worth it. Um, The further we get from simple, the further we get from God. God came to us in a manger. 
not a mansion. So we need to go back and just simplify as much as we can. You know, I think some people, sometimes people will come up to me and say, how do you memorize so much scripture? And I know I need to memorize scripture. And so it really dawned on me that, you know, I didn't really sit down to memorize scripture. It's just, I just held on to the simple truths early. You know, when I felt lonely, I could say to myself, you know, well, he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. I could be okay with that simple truth. And then once you get going, you get to know more and more of what he says. And I think it's very important. When life says you can't, God says you can. God honors a childlike faith. I am so in because I am so childlike most of the time. But anyways, when life says you can't, so if life tells you something's impossible, God says all things are possible in him. When God, when you say I'm tired, he will give you rest. I mean, Matthew 11 is awesome. You know, come all ye here weary and burdened, and I will give you rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Nobody loves me. God loves you. Um, I can't go on. His grace is sufficient. I can't figure it out. He will direct my steps. I can't do this. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not able. He is able. It's not worth it. It will be worth it. I love that Romans 8, 28. I mean, all things come together. And we can go back to that verse in John 15 and see that there is, even in the good stuff in our life, there's going to be some pruning that needs to take place. So don't be discouraged when there's some pruning. That's just going to be, I mean, you know how if you have ivy or anything and you cut it back, it comes back richer and fuller and thicker. And so just know that that pruning is for your good. I can't forgive myself. He forgives me. I can't manage. He will supply all my needs. I'm scared. Cast his care on me. I'm not smart. He will give me wisdom. I feel alone. He will never leave me. Just understand that every for everything, every negative we feel on our hearts, he's got the answer. He's got a truth. He's waiting for us to abide with him right now. Just that continual, continuous abiding. Okay, my last thing is to sit at the feet of a salty Christian and be encouraged. I tell you, and I've said this a lot, when I get to hell at heaven, I'm going to tell them Julie sent me. That's my mother-in-law. And I think because, let me see if I can get this little, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Did I mess it up? Oh, there you go. That, this is kind of sums that up. We can do it at 8. That's what we all look like at 8.15. That's what we look like because God says you can't do it. I mean, you know, I heard, you know, when you're talking laundry, you're talking being tired, you're talking, that's a weariness. We'll read um, Isaiah 40. God's saying, hey, sister, you're going to be weary and you're going to, I mean, it's going to be, but have you forgotten? That's where you need to know truth is because he says, have you forgotten? I don't think he's yelling at us like, oh, have you forgotten? I don't think the Lord's frustrated with us. I think he's kind of drawing us in saying, have you forgotten? I will never grow weary. I will never be burdened. I've got this. And so you've just got to know that that's the true picture of what it looks like. We get up with great intentions, but by 8.15, we're, we are out of it. Oh, there. Oh, I skipped them. Okay, I always say when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell them Julie sent me, and that's my mother and father-in-law, Julie and Bill. And I will just tell you, they just had their 50th wedding anniversary, and oh my gosh, 
do I like to sit at their feet? It makes me emotional. I remember when my mother-in-law and I used to go, we'd be at church when Blaine and I were first married. And I was just really starting my faith when, you know, 29, 30. And, uh, I mean, I'd been a Christian. I mean, I'd accepted the Lord when I was like 13, but I didn't really start walking with him until I was probably about 29. And I remember even when, whenever my mother-in-law took the Lord's Supper or anything, she would get teary-eyed. Or if she sang, you know, how great thou art. Or I mean, she would just, you'd look over and she'd just have tears in her eyes. And I always used to think, wow, you know, that, that's a deep faith. And now I cry at this thing. I mean, what is going on? I mean, I, you get, I'm telling you, as your heart gets older, you soften. And you just, the songs mean so much to you. And people mean so much to you. And, um... I mean, opportunities mean so much to you. And I just don't want you ladies to miss that. I mean, y'all have such an opportunity, but I want to sit at their feet. My father-in-law, when 9-11 happened, I was in the fetal position. I'm not kidding. I was in mops at the time, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't get out of the bathtub. I was so scared. I mean, yeah, I kept hearing all this stuff on the radio about you know, plans to secure your family. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to get Yahtzee and go in the front yard with my family. And we're just all going together because they were talking about gas masks and tape up the floor and do all this stuff. And and my father-in-law took me out to dinner with my mother-in-law. And he's like, I'll never forget. He like opens up, you know, Joshua 1, 9. And he had handwritten this little thing for me, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. And just coming from him, I mean, when something happens, I want to sit at their feet. I want to be with them because they've got that faith that just is unwavering. It's unshakable. And I just love to be with them. And so I pray, you know, it's so great. I'm so encouraged by so many of you moms that are walking with the Lord and and are trying so hard to just abide and stick by him. And I'm just amazed by that. But I'll tell you, there's nothing like being with somebody that's about 5, 10 years ahead of you that's loved the Lord. Go to them and, and be encouraged. I mean, we've got the mentor moms. I mean, Jeannie and Holly and myself, we love to pour into you. That's a blessing to us to be able to do that. And so reach out to us because we want to be there for you. Um, I would say that I always say my mother-in-law is a Proverbs 31 woman, but I think that's so true. This is actually in my house. I mean, I just had a friend of mine uh, monogram that for me, but it says she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Guys, that is what it's all about, is at the end of the day, not being fearful of what's going to happen, trusting in the Lord. You know, and I will say, my faith has grown. I can remember 10 months after Blaine and I got married, he lost his job. And I can remember being meeting him at the airport. I'd been with my sister. She just had the first grandbaby. The, I was a new, new aunt. And my husband had gone to a uh, thing in Las Vegas, and we were meeting at the airport. And so there were going to be a lot of layoffs at his company. And so we get in the car, and he goes, I go, I'm starving. And he goes, okay, where do you want to eat? And I said, I don't know. I said, oh, how'd Friday go with all the layoffs? Because he said, oh, there's no way I'll be laid off. He said, not so good. I go, really? Who got laid off that you weren't expecting? He goes, me. I go, I said, I'm not hungry. I mean, I wanted to go home. I was literally in the fetal position for about two weeks. Because I thought, how am I going to tell my parents I married some guy that just lost his job? So fast forward about, I don't know, Six, seven years, Blaine lost his job again. I was in the fetal position about, oh, I'd say three or four days. Two years ago, Blaine lost his job again. About 
seven or eight months into it, my boss at work said, has Blaine gotten a job yet? And I said, no, not yet. And he said, gosh, he said, I just, you can't even tell with you. He goes, I thought you'd be all stressed out. And I said, hey, I decided early on, Gracie asked me one day, she said, what's for dinner? And I said, I don't know. I thought we'd go get Chick-fil-A. She goes, we can't afford Chick-fil-A. Dad doesn't have a job. I said, honey, I will let you know when we can't afford Chick-fil-A. We are going to Chick-fil-A. And I, I just sat there and I thought, oh my gosh, she's looking at me. I've got to decide this is where the rubber meets the road. I'm either going to trust God. I had previous times where he had provided all our needs. I'm either going to trust God or I'm going to worry. And so through that nine months, whenever I got that overwhelming, oh my gosh, oh, I'm trusting. I'm trusting. He's got this one. And Blaine got a better job than he had before. He would have never left his old job for this job. And so I'm just telling you right now, we're, we're making a choice right now. Are we going to trust the Lord or are we going to worry about things? And it's just got to be that conscious decision. And God will remind you, I'm trusting, I'm trusting, I'm trusting. So I just pray that when you, after you can go home with this, and I pray that just that you'll find a truth Find something that, just that one step that increases your faith with the Lord and just brings you closer to him. And I just pray that you'll just be, be blessed by truth. That's my, that's my heart for you. So do we have some questions? So thank you, ladies, for putting up with me. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't have them. Oh, there it is, right here, right here. Yeah, thank you. No, not round of applause. Okay, we're going to um, have some table time. Okay, And so, uh, table leaders here, some questions you can discuss amongst your tables, and then we'll come back um, in about 15, 20 minutes. And if you have any questions for Millie, um, you guys can start texting those in. Um, we'll get that number back up there somehow. So just be patient. Great.